Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and of course, producer Annabelle Lee to my right. Well, hello. Hi. Coming up on today's show, we've officially entered the era of the rebrand. From Strawberry Girl Aesthetic to Tomato Girl Fall, what the hell is going on? Plus, it's official. We single-handedly manifested a Stormzy and Maya Jama reunion. An update on what the hell is going on with Scooter Braun. Unpacking the viral controversy around that Che Diaz profile. And Pete Davidson is single again. But first, guys, we have an update on Shameless Takes London. We do. So you guys are getting on a plane today. We're recording this the day earlier than we normally would. It is a Tuesday and we are doing that because... Because you are jumping on a plane today. So if any big news stories break Don't come and we us. miss him, apologies, but you're going to have to wait till next week. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't usually happen, but I am actually not getting on the plane with you both today, which was never the plan. I think Mish, you, me and Partnerships Director Ree had the thought for this trip, the seed of an idea, maybe in November last year. Mm. It's been a really long time that we've been planning this, but... The circumstances for me have changed quite a bit in the last sort of three to four weeks. And I'm going to try to find this a bit harder to talk about because I am quite private. And it is a funny one to talk to anyone about, let alone sort of hundreds of thousands of people. But the last sort of three weeks have been quite tough in my life. Maybe the toughest I've had. My dad has been very unwell. It all happened quite quickly. Um, He has been in the ICU for three weeks. And... It's a hard time to describe because it's been pretty torrid. It's, <laughs> it's been awful for it's you been pretty and your shit. family. And I know that might come as a surprise because obviously I've been on the show, but the show has been such a wonderful distraction 
through this and I don't know if I ever probably would have spoken about this if not for the fact that I had to make a decision about whether to fly halfway across the world this mm. afternoon and it became very clear that I had to make a line ball decision in the last couple of days that it is just not the time for me to be overseas, that I need and want to be with my family right now. And as I said, it wasn't the plan but things change and um, my priority is to be with my family. I'm not at all worried about you guys and I'm not at all worried about the content that you guys are going to hear because we have been planning the content for so long mm -hmm. and it is going to be amazing. I'm just not going to be on some of the interviews which or are, any of them. Oh, which we're so sad about. As a team, we talked about all the different options naturally and it was decided we would go anyway. But I'm so sad you're not going to be there. It's not the same without you. But the last few weeks have been so rough for you and the way you've rocked up and no one would know what's going on, which no one forced you to, of course. You don't no, have no, to do that. That was but fully like, my decision. Your ability just to come and show up and do the podcast and do a fucking awesome job, in my opinion. Like you've just been absolutely through it and we are going to miss you. I'm so sad you're not there. I am sad, but I'm also really excited for you guys and I want you to have fun. I keep saying to you, I, I need you to have fun. Yeah, you were like, take photos. <laughs> I literally was like, post on Instagram. What's the point of anything if you can't go and have fun? Like this doesn't need to bleed into everything. I think it's affected us enough mm -hmm. that it doesn't need to bleed in all the different areas of life. Like the thing I want most is for you guys to do it and have fun. I can't thank you both enough. I know that there are times in the last few weeks that you've had to pick up my slack and, and do a bit oh of my, my job for me. And that's what you'll be doing over there. But, you know, that's what a wonderful team is for. And I'm so grateful. You are incredible, honestly. <laughs> we love you so we much. We are the Zara McDonald's <laughs> fan club. No, it's really, really sad and you are going to be so missed and we will try and post one thing on Instagram and maybe Photoshop you into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There'll be a tiny Zara in the corner of every photo. I'd oh my expect God, nothing Zara. less. Yeah. Not where's Wally, where's Zara. We're actually going to regret coming up with that idea because it's going to take Yay. you so long every day. <laughs> we are definitely putting <laughs> a tiny Zara into every photo. Uh, guys, we have so much to cover today, so we're not going to spend too much time on that. I have a couple of recommendations. I don't know oh, about you. I have. Look, it's not my best recommendation, so let's do yours first. Okay, well, I have two recommendations. I'll start with my weaker recommendation because it's an obvious movie, but it's a movie I had never seen, and I thought you guys might be proud that I watched a movie during the week. <laughs> I watched The Intern. I thought you were going to say The Lion King No. <laughs> It'll happen one day, Annabelle. <laughs> the Intern is a 10 out of 10 movie, particularly if you want to switch off and you need some sugary shit in your life. Oh, it is just... Amazing. I think it might be the last film that Nancy Myers has made. Yeah. So it's from about 2015. Anne Hathaway. Got to tell you, Robert De Niro. Oh, my God. What a, like, yeah. dark horse in this film. I was like, I understand um, the role he's playing, but he's a bit of a hottie. He's sexy. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's a bit sexy. Yeah. He's a granddaddy. <laughs> I, I think if you haven't seen that film or if you haven't seen it in a while, let this be a message to you. Watch that film, honestly. I love honestly. you're recommending the intern. I know. It's the best film ever. <laughs> no, the thing that I'm recommending that hopefully is a little less obvious is I've been listening to this week an episode of the Acquired podcast. Mm. We've spoken about the Acquired podcast a little bit on Shameless. They kind of detail business journeys. Mm. And they did an episode a little while ago on Oprah. Now, Ooh. one of my favorite podcasts of all time is a WBEZ podcast called Making Oprah. Do you remember that podcast from years ago? I loved that podcast. I, it made me think of that. Oh. And I can sometimes just, there's no limit to the amount I can consume on certain topics. Yeah. So Making Oprah was made years and years ago. It was actually probably one of the first podcasts I listened to. I was about to say, 
I think making Oprah got me into podcasting. Yeah. Honestly, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. It is oh, one of the throwback. big OG podcasts around the time of the first season of Serial, yes. I would say. And the acquired episode on Oprah is a few hours long. Again, it's like a mini audiobook. But again, it tracks the business journey of Oprah. I would say making Oprah sort of tracked Oprah brand. Mm. This is very specific regarding the business, also the brand naturally plays a role there. But I just love it so much. I could listen to content about Oprah all day, every day. Same here. That is a banger wreck. I'll definitely listen to that one. My recommendation this week, guys, is just something for you to buy. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen many a TikTok telling me that Skims is in Kim Kardashian's loungewear, lingerie, athleisure label. It started as shapewear, didn't it? Yeah, and now it's just kind of basics, any kind of basics. I have seen so many TikToks pleading with me to buy their products and then I finally caved because they had this day a couple of weeks ago where my bra was so uncomfortable all day at work I got into my car and like flung it into the back seat it was digging into my ribs it was ruining my day and I was like screw it I'm buying a skims bra I bought their fits everybody bra and guys I forget I'm even wearing it this bra which runs from size 4 to 30 they don't come in cups it's kind of like one of those stretchy buttery material bras is so good. I have seen women of all shapes and sizes recommend it on TikTok and love it no matter how big or small, shout out to me, your (laughs) boobs might be. I just think this bra is the best bra I've ever owned. I'm going to buy it in every color. I would buy it for my friends as presents. It is a revelation. But like, does it? (laughs) No, no slander to the bra. uh, No, I'm just looking at photos of it because I'm so used to wearing a bra that's cupped. Yep. And this is not. It's nope. sort of like a, it looks like a bathe the top sort of. Also, like there's no wire. There's the no wire. Mm. There's no cups. And it is life changing. Okay. Just buy, just buy one. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll refund you personally. Oh, only I had a friend that wanted to buy me one. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you'd buy them for you all your friends. You know what? I will buy you a bra. <laughs> I'm open to a gift as well. <laughs> Guys, before we get into the quick and dirty today, I've got an are you in need of some intrigue? Oh, well, I actually was going to ask you if you're in need of some ah! intrigue. Uh, Annabelle, I guess, are you in the mood for two? Yeah, absolutely. Who you would mean? you like to begin? Zara, why don't you all begin? Right, so. oh, you need to judge who's more intriguing. <laughs> Michelle and Annabelle, are you in need of some intrigue? Always. So I can't <laughs> claim this one. I have to thank our wonderful scandal researcher, Eilish Gilligan, because she told me this maybe a few weeks ago and I've been holding on to it wondering when I should tell you both. But I didn't know that the singer Sia, you know, Yes. Chandelier. <laughs> yep. Aussie singer. Or Aussie singer. Always has that blunt, fringy cut. Correct. Bob. Yes. She's a big super fan of Survivor. That's not the fact, right? She's this massive super fan of Survivor. So much so that after Survivor seasons, and this has been going on for about seven years now, she decides to gift her own prize to people who play. Shut up. <laughs> no. So Entertainment Weekly reported that Sia started gifting contestants who didn't win the show's $1 million prize their own money. She's been doing this since season 33, which was 2016. And so now she started to call it the Sia Award recipient and she gifts the money depending on what she finds special about them. No. So this year, following the finale, she decided her Sia Award recipient was Carolyn, the season's Runner up and Carolyn got a hundred thousand dollars from what? Sia. Yes. Then the next person, Carson, I think, who placed after Carolyn got fifteen thousand dollars. And then the person who came fourth, Lauren, got another fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> so 
Does she announce this on Instagram? Like, okay. how does this so run? So here's the thing. It's Damn it, this of, is way more intriguing than my It's life. kind of evolved over the years. See, so explained on the last finale this year that it is a tax-free gift. So that's good. That means I <laughs> I pay the taxes on it. You don't. Oh. That's the most I could give you tax-free. This is what she was saying to one of the contestants who won the SIA recipient award. <laughs> but I just love you so much and I'm sorry that you missed out right at the end. I really thought you played a good game. You are rad. That is rad. That it's is a rad so weird. Fact. So what she does is now she works with the show's host, Jeff Props, <laughs> on getting the money to the contestants. He spoke to Entertainment Weekly about this. Back when we did the live reunion shows, she would either be sitting in the audience or in my dressing room. She would watch the finale and then let me know who she wanted to receive <laughs> the SIA award. The players would find out immediately. It was very powerful to see it go down. He said that one year she just wrote the personal checks right there for the chosen few and gave them away. What the fuck? Is that not the most random thing in the world? That's like the most random and best thing <laughs> I've heard all year. That is giving Oprah. Yeah. That is intriguing. I was intrigued though when you first mentioned Survivor. I was like, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go on Survivor America, you've got like quadruple the chances of winning something now. Well, that's the thing now. I think because it's such a known thing. Well, I didn't know about it and you guys didn't, but I think if you're a contestant on Survivor, you're kind of thinking to yourself, if I can at least get to the second or third yeah. spot, I might get the SIA recipient award. Do you just start like humming chandeliers yeah. as the yeah. cameras are rolling to be like, I'm a fan. No, honestly, big thank you to Eilish who handed me that in the office and I was like, can I just take that Yoink. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I don't feel as confident about my <laughs> are you in need of some intrigue. Zara McDonald and Annabelle Lee, are you in need of some intrigue? Always. Yes. Actually, I'm intrigued out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you remember the tiny little kid from Love Actually? Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Know did what he this get is. married? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's even more he of a did flop. Get it's not a flop. It's okay. a good one. It is a good one. I just, I think I know where you're going with this. He did just get married to someone interesting okay. and I saw it. All right. I think the listeners will care if you guys aren't across this. The tiny kid from Love Actually is in the one who played Liam Neeson's stepson. His character name was Sam. He was in a band. He what was could very be more moody. torturous than a broken heart? That oh, one. I don't Brilliant. I don't Beautiful. think that was it. That was the vibe. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, he was in love with his high school crush, Joanna. I'm hoping I'm bringing up some memories course, here. The yeah. airport rundown where he kisses her at the very end. We're talking about that kid. Who happened to only be like two years younger than Kira Knight. Yeah. yeah. He looked tiny, but yeah. he was actually kind of old. Another well, intriguing fact. Yeah. Sorry, you are on a roll. Sorry, Michelle. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to fucking leave the studio. <laughs> well, in a total mindfuck, Sam, whose real name is Thomas Brody Sangster, is now 33 years old and who he has recently just become engaged to literally broke my brain. He is engaged to the actress Tallulah Riley. She's known most commonly for projects like Pride and Prejudice or St. Trinian's. But I would say she's also known most commonly for being the ex-wife on two separate occasions to eccentric billionaire Elon Musk. Yeah, you know what? I actually, when I read this story forgot the details and thought that she was Elon Musk's daughter. <laughs> so you've sufficiently intrigued me. So of twice? Twice. Of twice. <laughs> These two. So I'm talking about Tallulah and Elon got married. They were married in 2010. They were married until 2012. Got divorced. On the day their divorce filing went through, they decided it was an oopsie and actually they were getting married again. So then they got remarried between 2013 and 2016. Then Elon Musk told the world that actually he had fallen out of love with her and they weren't going to be together. But it just blows my mind that we've got, I think, 20 years between Thomas Brody Sangster and Elon Musk and they are both going to be married or have been married to the same 
woman. I think that is a wonderful fact. The kid from Love Actually, That's guys. Brilliant. It is brilliant. And it was funny the way they announced it. I remember she posted on something being like, I am in fact engaged to Thomas Sexton, <laughs> whatever his name is. Everyone's like, so who is formal. that? Yeah. <laughs> guys, uh, we're going to jump into the quick and dirty. As always, we're bringing you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Zara looks ravishing in mint green McDonald's. Thank you. What have you got for us? Our first story. TikTok is going crazy for the strawberry girl makeup trend. <laughs> crazy. Also, Zara did a little hand crazy gesture. <laughs> crazy. crazy. All right, guys. <laughs> Here's what it involves. <laughs> That's from Garcia. No, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about this. You guys may have noticed that everything, and we mean everything, is getting a rebrand at the moment. Apparently, wearing lots of blush on your cheeks and having freckles is now called strawberry girl aesthetic. Doing a brown smoky eye is not a brown smoky eye. It's been rebranded to latte makeup. Wearing shades of cream and white is vanilla girl aesthetic. While Vogue has dubbed the trend of wearing red as tomato girl fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't forget as well that Vogue also declared last month that blueberry milk nails are summer's most wanted manicure, but it actually is just pastel blue. <laughs> Nail purchase. Blueberry milk. Yeah. Blueberry milk nails. Also, we have other things that are maybe a bit of an extension on this. Justifying any purchase you make based on like cost per use, which is something the entire team does all the time to each other, is now called girl math, dyeing your hair red is actually called copper cow girl. (laughs) (laughs) That is my personal favourite. Now, I think what was interesting, Mitch, is this week there was a TikTok from the user Splotchy Fake Tan, which got 668,000 likes for declaring, and I quote, the 2020s will go down in history as the decade of the rebrand. In it, she said, we can have fun, but at what point does it become too much? Tomato girl fall is where it becomes too much. (laughs) And actually a really interesting question because when you look at all of this in its entirety it's like it's following this similar theme of fruit yeah food as well like latte makeup just for a brown smoky eye everything is attached to this idea of food or eating weirdly the top comment on that video really hit the nail on the head for me this got sixteen thousand likes and read it all started with the damn glazed donut nails now if you don't remember those they were the manicure trend this time last year and they were popularized the idea of glazed donut nails was popularized by miss Haley bieber yeah absolutely i mean it was sort of just like chromy colored Nails, right? Like icing or something. Yes, exactly. It was sort of having your nails look really glazed and glossy. And she extended it to skincare as well. Like soon enough, everyone was trying her glazed donut skincare routine. And last year, she said in a YouTube video, my standard when I go to bed at night is that if I'm not getting into bed looking like a glazed donut, then I'm not doing the right thing. It all began here. It It absolutely did. It started with the fucking glazed donuts. I think think us branding things that have already existed as new things – is not new. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to think about, I mean, we spoke about Coastal Grandma last mm-hmm. year. We talk a lot about trends and naming them differently, but I do definitely think it's hit fever pitch in the last sort of few months, Mish. Yeah, for sure. I think Hayley Bieber is really the one spearheading this. Ever since she launched her skincare brand, Road, we've seen this more and more. I mean, now with Strawberry Girl Aesthetic, which is something that Haley is pushing in video after video. There are, I think, five or six from this month alone on TikTok where she's referencing Strawberry Girl Aesthetic. 
she's linking that with Future Road products. So she was putting on this blush in this video about three weeks ago that got over a million likes. And she's telling the audience, oh, I'm using this cream blush, but I can't tell you where it's from. Strawberry Girl Aesthetic. And then all of a sudden, everyone starts using Strawberry Girl Aesthetic. And a couple of days ago, she announces that, hey, my strawberry glaze peptide treatment is on the way. And apparently she's launching blushes now too. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because I actually don't know if people have birds eye this well enough and when I say people I probably just mean myself (laughs) to kind of recognize how much Hailey Bieber can make things a social media moment I think Mm. Hailey Bieber cops a lot of flack which we've spoken about on the show before but I think her ability to set the agenda and to set trends is second to none like I don't know another young quote-unquote it girl online who can set the trends in the same way that Hailey Bieber has and I do wonder if it all kind of happened when she was launching her road skincare line that had been in the works for years that they're actually with this road skincare line was not a huge point of difference I mean how many times had we seen a cosmetics line from an influencer or a skincare line from a celebrity Mm. she wasn't actually coming to the market with anything very new and I wonder if they sat around her and her marketing team and wondered how do you make people buy something when there's already so much of it out there when people already have really really well established skincare regimens Mm. well you start a nail trend and then you start of kind of link it to your face and you you call your skincare a trend you call it a glazed donut trend and then you start re-engineering how you're talking about makeup to make people think they're buying something new. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the fact that she linked this to a product in a peptide glazing fluid or a peptide glazing gel that she's just released. We don't have that already. So it's like linking this new trend with this brand new product that you definitely don't have. It's really, really clever. The other thing I've noticed as well is that we've moved away from that kind of 2018 Kardashian aesthetic, right? Like celebrities aren't aiming so much to be seen as sexual or sexy. They're not dressing in bodycon things or revealing things as much anymore. We've kind of reverted back to this Sophia Richie Grange aesthetic, which is more Parisian, maybe more girly. I'm seeing celebrities dressed to be pretty, to be seen as pretty and girly, not as sexy. And I think all of this plays into that. All of the fruit, like Strawberry Girl Aesthetic, Tomato Girl Fall, it's about being hyper-feminine, hyper-soft, hyper-girly. It's not about being a sexual woman. It's about kind of reverting to this 90s, I'm very pretty, I'm very soft vibe. Well, it's almost childlike, the way that these things have been branded. Like blueberry milk nails does sound something that you could market to an eight-year-old as well. Like I would have eaten that up (laughs) when I was eight. You know, it it does, there is something... There is something 90s about this and I'm trying to work out what it is and I do wonder if it's because the target market for a lot of these marketing pushes are women our age who probably grew up with, you know... This all around us, this, yeah. this felt like branding that I was around when I was sort of eight to 12, when you had like starburst lollies. Like, this chops, is the yeah. vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, And I, I do think it's fascinating because I completely agree with you. We've definitely gone away from sexy and now we're back to being girls, not women. It's it's girls. Girly girls. Yeah. Which to be honest, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm not kind of enjoying the vibe. It's just so interesting to see food and lollies and fruit be paired with this stuff. I'll get on board, but I'm a little confused. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. It's like I'm neither here nor there about it. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not. I'm not. I'm nothing. But I do think it's always very interesting to look at how none of this is an accident. Like there yeah. is someone pulling the levers, and unfortunately, we're just the little puppets. <laughs> 
coming up after the break. Guys, Stormzy and Maya <laughs> Jama. But first, a word from today's sponsor. All right, guys, our second story. Picture exclusive. Maya Jama and Stormzy confirm their relationship is back on as couple emerge hand in hand during day out in Greece. That is from the Daily Mail. Well. (laughs) Well, well, well. I think the listeners, long-time listeners of this show, will know we've been on quite the journey with these two. I think they'll also know how much this would mean to one Zara Ellis McDonald. I I was pumped. I was pumped. I was uh, a little embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, listeners of the show last week will know for some reason I decided to emphatically say I didn't think they were back together, and I was annoyed at myself because <laughs> I thought that wasn't an obvious opinion. You didn't need to say it. You didn't need to say it. Well, we thought it's been quite the journey. And sometimes you need to celebrate things properly on this podcast. So we've actually made you a little something. We just think it's good to look back sometimes and go back on the journey we've all been on. Oh, my God. (laughs) We kicked off 2023 with Zara finding a brand new love interest. I had a good week. I (laughs) fell in love with someone this week. I know. She fell in love with someone this week. It's Stormzy. (laughs) (laughs) Not not on my 2023 bingo card Mm -hmm. at all. But it wasn't just Stormzy. (laughs) Zara loved the story of Stormzy and his ex, Maya Jama. (laughs) That's been this big story because people think that Stormzy and Maya should get back together. People think they love each other a lot. She loved it a lot. He's so clearly still hung up on Maya. This is not... um, I would be too. She's the most beautiful woman under the sun. It's it's so not us being fans just having a parasocial relationship. It's not. not. He is very open anytime you hear him speak about Maya. But in April, we hit a bump in the road. Love Island's Maya Jama secretly dating global superstar Leonardo DiCaprio after meeting up in London and New York. That is from the sun. I'm still rooting for a Stormzy Maya reunion. I can't quite get back on this one, but that's all right. The next month, though, things are looking back. <laughs> Maya Jamma sparks reconciliation rumours with ex-boyfriend Stormzy with secret visits to his house. Yay! That is from the Daily Mail. Maya's reps declined to comment. And the uh, last time, no, no, the last time they were connected, they did comment and said uh, they're just friends. This time they're just not commenting at all. They're sleeping together. I think they're trying to work it out. And then out of nowhere, just last week, Zara lost all hope. So reading the profile, the reading those quotes and looking at the photos, I actually don't think they're together. Oh, I don't okay. the fuck? The Why would she jump on a private jet? I just would be very surprised if they were back together. That's okay. all. I mean, you are the oracle. You did predict the Matildas would lose last week, so maybe I, I didn't predict take... the score, though. No, you didn't, but you do remain the oracle, and perhaps I should listen to you here. <laughs> against that, though, against my better judgment, I will declare that they are together. They're having babies. It's well all very done. nice. Congratulations, Fire and Stormzy. <laughs> This music it got very loud there at the end. It's so dumb. Oh my god, that is so embarrassing. I, I literally, I fell over at the last hurdle. It was the easiest one. That's why I was so confused last week. But listening to it back, we were like, what was going on? Why did I decide to do that? I think I got like 
scared. You got. I think you I got knew. Too real. I think I <laughs> yeah. knew I was close. I think <laughs> I, I was close. I think they knew. I knew they were close, and I thought, "Oh my god, it's too much. This can't be." Well, how do you feel now that it's happened? This is what you've been pining for all year. I didn't realise I'd brought up some of the dumbest stories in order to talk about them <laughs> over the last six months. Look, I feel amazing. Um, for those who need the details, oh yes, give of course. The details? Yeah, yeah, the, the facts. Look, sure. Four years after they've split, Maya and Stormzy have confirmed they're back on by being papped on an island in Greece. Social media lost its tiny mind over the weekend. It had been going on for a few days, right? Basically what had happened it was we had that story of Maya turning up to his concert. Then they both were posting on holiday, very obviously Mish, from the same hotel. I was sending this to you over the weekend, losing my mind like everyone else online. You could see in the... T- I know I'm going to sound like a psychopath. The tiles. The tiles were the same <laughs> and the wall decor was the same. They weren't trying to hide that they were in an identical hotel or villa. It really got people excited. And then a couple of days after that, we got the official confirmation because they were walking hand in hand in the streets. I think those pap shots served as the perfect little cherry, the perfect little confirmation on top that we'd all been craving. Yeah, which made me wonder, maybe they have been breadcrumbing us since the, for a little bit now, to be honest. Well, now it seems that way. Now we've listened to the package back. Uh, Yeah, you've listened to it back and it's like, oh my gosh, we actually have been breadcrumbed. And to be fair, we followed them. <laughs> we <laughs> ate them up. <laughs> Until the last second when Zara's yeah. like, no, nah, I'm full. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm so full. Wait, just... I can't take another crumb. <laughs> it wasn't even a crumb, guys. It was staring me in the face. They gave you a whole sandwich. <laughs> they put a whole fucking steak in front of Zara and Zara's like, nah. You know it's like that, um, you know that really famous ice skating race with Stephen Bradbury? Yeah. Except <laughs> I'm all the skaters that fell and you're Stephen Bradbury. <laughs> okay. Came in at the end. <laughs> Happy to be Stephen, yeah. always. Now, one little tidbit that I really loved is that the Sun is reporting the reason these two are back together is because of Stormzy's mum. A source told the Sun Stormzy is really open about wanting to settle down and have kids one day, and he knows Maya is the one. Stormzy is really close to his mum, Abigail, who has always been Maya's biggest fan. Abigail wants the best for her son and motivated him to make amends with Maya. Do I believe it? Probably not, but I'll believe it simply because I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Stormzy's been pining for this for a little while, so I think this is what he wanted. I also reckon they've set up these pap shots, if I'm honest, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah, they both look stunning. They look great, and also they probably just want the photo out there, the story out there, so now that the speculation's sort of going to die a little bit. Good on them. Happy days. <laughs> happy, happy days. The Oracle is not broken. She just malfunctioned for one week. But that was that was months of work. Dare I say you might be, I think I'm yellow carding you. I no. think I'm giving you a yellow uh, card as the Oracle. Yeah. I think you, you, got the, you got the win right when it came to, or rather the loss right when it came to the Matildas, but you got the score wrong. Then you really had Maya and Stormzy teed up for you to just smash it out of the but park. But I had teed them up for myself. <laughs> yeah, I had. I, I had been doing that. I just think I've been malfunctioning and that's fine. It, it happens to the best of us. I'll be back, guys. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Our first story. Carly Rae Jepsen and Hilary Duff haven't worked with Scooter Braun in years. That's from Just Jared. Guys. Look, last week we had a really big conversation about what in the world was going on with Scooter Braun. Yes. It definitely felt like all this news was coming out that that anyone he has ever managed was leaving him. We were like, is there a big story coming? A week has passed and I wonder 
if there is less to this story than the media has been pushing. Yeah, which surprises me. You turned around at your desk yesterday and you went, what if there's actually nothing going on here? Yeah, so let me give you a bit more background, right? An update on where we last left off. News broke over the last few days that Carly Rae Jepsen had also parted ways with Scooter Braun, and that came on the heels of the news that Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, Demi Lovato, Jay Balvin, and Idina Menzel had left him too. Now, since we've last recorded, a couple of things have come to light. According to Bloomberg, some of these clients, including Idina Menzel, Demi Lovato, and Jay Balvin, did leave Scooter Braun's firm months ago. Carly Rae, according to Just Jared, hasn't worked with Scooter in seven to eight years. Yeah. So people would come out and say, oh, yep, Carly Rae Jepsen's not with Scooter anymore either. But the minute you do a bit of digging, you, re- you realise she actually hasn't been with him for a long time. It's the classic case of factually correct but incredibly misleading. Like, yeah, she's not with him anymore, but she hasn't been for almost a decade. Exactly. And I think... It's still ridiculous that there is this many broken business relationships in his wake in the last sort of six months. Like that's still a story for sure. But I wonder if what we were talking about last week in that there was a quote about from an anonymous source saying that Scooter was just moving away from management, if that is actually not untrue. I mean, here's what Bloomberg believes. The reason is not all that complicated as to why everyone's left him. Braun stopped managing, or in the words of his peers, he got too rich to keep playing babysitter. They also reported, Scooter Braun's critics say his ego got the best of him and he neglected to look after the talent. Mm. Now, in the case of Justin Bieber, it has been said that he has been overhauling his whole team. He and Haley have been making a conscious effort in the last few months to overhaul the team. He cut ties with his agency. He replaced his longtime lawyer. He got a new business manager. I've seen quite a bit of sexist reporting around about this, to be honest, saying that Haley's sort of you know, making all these super controlling yeah. decisions and doing it all for him rather than just, you know, a key player in his life who has probably quite a bit of savviness in the business mm. world too. Now, it also should be noted that Justin Bieber was reportedly left in a bit of a financial hole after his cancelled tour. I read in a piece from Puck News that he's in debt, which yeah. really shocked me. When I read that, I was like, what do you mean Justin Bieber's well, in debt? it depends on how you define it, right? He now owes AEG, which is the touring company, 100 shows, or he'd have to pay back millions and millions and millions of dollars of an advance. Right. So around this time, you guys might have read that he sold his master's for $200 million. And a lot of the stuff I'm reading is that it's sort of pretty young to be selling your music, your back catalogue of music. He was the youngest person to have ever done that. And Bloomberg in their piece noted that no one really should unless they have to. Like it's sort of for a musician considered like the rainy day fund, the thing you do much later and you hold on to. It's like that nest egg at the end. So it's like the last thing you do if you're really struggling. Yeah, I think that's the sense that I'm getting. So I did wonder with Justin Bieber, he's midway through his contract with Scooter Braun. He's still got quite a few years left. Could he have felt abandoned through all of this? through the touring fiasco, through having to sell his masters and found himself in a mess that could have been avoided and therefore kind of wants to replace Scooter. That could be his explanation. That makes sense. Yes, you're making good points. What Um, about Ariana Grande though? Okay, so Ariana Grande, also still under contract, is trying to negotiate her exit. Puck News reported 
that it was also as simple as the fact that he wasn't present for her anymore. Here's how they opened their recent piece. Earlier this month, Ariana Grande was going through a personal crisis amid a separation from her husband and tabloid coverage of her new romantic relationship. Grande wanted her longtime manager, Scooter Braun, to fly to New York from a vacation in Europe to help put out the fires. Scooter Braun, who has cultivated an A-list client roster by being the guy who can counsel his artists through scandal, declined to make the trip. Mm. That answer took at least one person on Grande's team by surprise. I deserve a vacation, he is said to have told them. How interesting. Would that be enough for you to want to cut ties? Uh, it should be said as well, Ariana Grande has fired and rehired Scooter Braun a couple of times throughout her career. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I I think two things are true. I think someone can deserve a vacation. I know people might be watching on going Scooter Braun is very wealthy, very privileged, all of that. Doesn't mean he doesn't deserve a vacation, though. If you're managing stars to the, of this caliber, you would be working insane hours. And I think he would have been doing insane hours for a long, long time. However, if you want to keep them around, you've got to kind of be at their beck and call. And if he's not willing to do that anymore, then, yeah, I'm not surprised that Ariana would leave him. If you're an A-lister and the whole world was talking about this potential cheating scandal between her and Ethan, her co-star, yeah, I would expect my manager to come back, but I think they're both justified in what they did. They're just not, it's just not a fit anymore, clearly. No, and I think what's interesting to me is Scooter Braun is the kind of guy who is meant to be, you know, the PR guy yeah. yeah the wizard but he hasn't pr'd himself very well in this process because if it is true that he just gave up on managing and his talent straight away had decided you know what this is not working for me anymore did he not think about how bad it would look for so many mm. people to try and exit in quick succession the other thing that kind of confused me is since we last recorded, he tweeted about this. Did you guys see no. this? I've got it up right now. He tweeted this, breaking news, dot, 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 I'm no longer managing myself. And so <laughs> I sort of had this internal battle with myself because I saw that tweet and I was like, oh, well, there must not be that much untoward going on because who would tweet that mm. if there was? Like who's making a joke? <laughs> Mm. about the fact that everyone's leaving you if you're about to be exposed as, like, something. Yeah, yeah. But then you and I always have this dilemma because in our experience, sometimes people can be really audacious that when we've had experiences with people where we've known they're – we've, like, known that they're up to something, Annabelle. Mm. But they've kind of – waved the flag to let everyone like call out that behavior in other people or they've made a joke of it yes, or right. done something publicly that then makes us go hang on a second why would they do that publicly when their own backyard is so messy mm. but they do it because people like us then think when we see it in scooter Braun, <laughs> well they'd never tweet that if he actually did <laughs> that thing no, that blows our mind all the time because it's kind of like i think that's like psychopathic behavior right yeah. to, be, to like maybe call someone else out for something that you're you don't have like a clean backyard in or whatever it might be make a joke about something that might be legitimate yes, yeah exactly so now i'm even more confused about scooter Braun. <laughs> look i have to say the fact that nothing's come out in the last week there could be a really kind of unsexy and boring reason for this and I'm so <laughs> flat. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Could the unsexy I, thing be that Scooter Braun's a little burnt out and he's no, just stopped I, responding I, to clients? I think the unsexy thing is that Scooter Braun's ego is so big right now that he doesn't want to be managing the egos of other people. Yeah. I think that's what it is. 
truthfully, most likely. Fascinating. Our fourth story, Sara Ramirez issues scathing response to anti-Che Diaz profile. That's from Vanity Fair. Ooh, guys, a bit going on here. The info that you need to be across is that Sara Ramirez is the non-binary actor who plays the much-despised Che Diaz on the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. Che Diaz is that comedian slash podcaster who I think even if you haven't watched the show, you would have seen those social media snippets of them pressing the woke moment or (laughs) trigger warning button in the podcast. You also might recognize this actor from playing Dr. Kelly Torres on Grey's Anatomy. Now, it's an understatement to say that fans of the show haven't loved Che Diaz. I would say Che is one of the more reviled television characters I can remember, particularly in the wake of the season two finale, where they were truly at their worst. But what stirred up a lot of commentary this week, Zara, is that the actor has just responded to a profile that was written about them two months ago that they are incredibly angry about. Yeah, so in essence, Saren Ramirez is pretty angry with a profile that New York Magazine's The Cut published two months ago. So it's it's a profile from June, but it was after the finale of And Just mm. Like That that Sarah Ramirez took to Instagram and acknowledge that they didn't love the contents of the piece. Did not love it at all. In fact, they called it a hack job to their two million followers. Before we get to the critique from Ramirez, let's start with the profile piece itself because this truly was an interesting read. We both read it in the last week, Zara, once we saw the social media commentary about it. The piece in the cut that began this entire furore was headlined, Hey, it's Sara Ramirez. They've heard your Che Diaz jokes. That was written by a fellow non-binary person, a writer by the name of Brock Collier. Now, a couple of things are abundantly clear when you read Mm. this piece. The first is that Brock and Sarah did not seem to gel or have much fun together. The second thing that is very apparent is that Brock perhaps found Sarah to be a little preachy, a little guilty of continual virtue signaling. For instance, on one occasion, Sarah is quoted talking about a racial injustice of the 19th century before telling Brock, if folks want to learn more about it, they should look it up. Yeah, and it becomes clear as you read this piece that I would say in Brock's opinion, the writer, there isn't heaps separating Sarah Ramirez, the person from Che Diaz, the character. Mm. This is a line from the piece. It's all a bit heavy or maybe just heavy-handed and very Che Diaz, who introduces themselves in the first episode of And Just Like That as a queer, non-binary, Mexican-Irish diva. It might feel natural to make such comparisons in your head, but Ramirez heeds them off, assuring me, I'm an actor, I am not the characters I play, I am not Che Diaz. For the record, Ramirez's Instagram bio describes themselves as abolitious and a Mexican-Irish non-binary human. So very similar. So, And, and that's, that's Brock's contention, mm. I would argue, right? And that's kind of the facts that they lay out to say, you know, you know not that much difference between Sarah Ramirez and Che Diaz. Yeah, the way Ramirez was positioned in this piece was as someone who is incredibly serious, I would say. For example, when Brock asked them about one of the edgiest moments on And Just Like That so far, which is where 
sorry for being a little graphic, their character fingers a married Miranda in Carrie's kitchen. It's one of the most surprising and saucy scenes I've seen as someone who's watched everything that Sex and the City has ever done over the years. When they were asked about the finger banging scene, they took it to an incredibly earnest place instead of like a saucy, cheeky place. They just said, I felt very held professionally. I felt safe. So I think Brock was kind of maybe looking for some fun, looking for some saucy banter. And what they got in return was an incredibly earnest, incredibly serious response. Yeah. And I think the other thing that Brock wanted to raise with Sarah Ramirez was, you know, public commentary about the character of Che Diaz mm. and why, you know, a lot of people in the queer community do have a problem with, you know, the caricature of Che Diaz. And Brock posited the idea that distaste for Che in this piece has very little to do with bigotry. Instead, they wrote, it's more a case, and I quote, of eye rolling from mostly queer people I know, a hyperbolized, hyper cringe representation of non-binary identity. I found that fascinating. Yeah. So, and as we said at the top of this piece, Brock is non-binary themselves. So you've got kind of two people here who are, you know, experiencing this interview Mm. and the world very, very differently and it's clashing on the paper. Yeah, and I will say they're different generations as well, which I think played heavily maybe into them not really seeing eye to eye. By the end of the piece, Brock essentially asserted that the only thing separating the actor from the character is that perhaps Sarah is even more serious than Che Diaz. Here's the final paragraph of the story. One thing is definitely different, however, between Sarah Ramirez and Che Diaz. The character on TV has a habit, played for laughs, of lighting up in inappropriate places. Office elevators, Carrie's apartment, Mr Big's funeral. But though I did happen to have a joint on me in the park, I didn't offer it to Sarah. I wasn't sure they would get the joke or think it funny. So I would say a pretty scathing last line. Well, they just did not gel. They did not like each other. And Brock, I think, is looking maybe for cheeky, humorous depictions of non-binary people. And they don't see that in Sarah Ramirez. Yeah. So now let's speak about Sarah's response, because this profile, as we said, was a couple of months old. It was only after and just like that fully aired that Sarah took to Instagram and spoke about it. They said, been thinking long and hard about how to respond to the Hack Jobs article (laughs) written by a white Gen Z non-binary person who asked me serious questions, but expected a comedic response, I guess. Here's the good news. I have a dry sense of humour and a voice. I am not afraid to use either. I trust that those of you who matter, who are not petulant children, who are smart enough to catch on to what was actually going on here, can perceive it for what it is. An attempt to mock my thoughtfulness and softness while dismissing a valid experience and real human being in favour of TV show critiques that belonged elsewhere. They also made this point, when a cis man is in charge and has ultimate control of dialogue, actors say, and you have a valid problem with it, perhaps you should be interviewing him. Yikes. So, yes, yeah, Sarah Ramirez had some thoughts. Had lots of thoughts. I, I think to what I said earlier, I think so much of this is just the difference in age. I would say that perhaps Brock was patronising to Sarah, but I would say they were also patronising back to Brock by calling them a petulant child, essentially. Those yeah. of you who are not petulant children, it feels like it just feels like there's a lot of animosity between these two. And I don't know if it's even my job to make heads or tails of it. I just find it fascinating to watch on from the sidelines. I will say... 
I think the commentary or the discussion around are you the Sex in the City character you play on screen has been slightly muddied by the fact that in the middle of all of this, Cynthia Nixon, who plays Miranda, did an interview with The Times where they ran the literal headline, Cynthia Nixon. I am like Miranda in every single way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just doesn't help the commentary, does it? It just, I, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the characters on Sex and the City had been informed by the real life actors, because we've seen that not just in Miranda's character entering into a queer relationship in In Just Like That, when we know that Cynthia Nixon has been in queer relationships in the real world. We know that Che Diaz's kind of description is the same as Sara Ramirez's Instagram bio. I think it's a valid conversation. I just think there was a bit of snark here from both sides that, yes, is interesting and makes for an interesting news piece, but could have been done without. Yeah, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I can un- I can understand if you feel like a profile has been written about you that doesn't represent who you are. We see it with celebrities all the time. Mm. And it does feel like a hack job that you'll want to you will want to speak about that. I can also understand, perhaps from Brock's perspective, why they wanted to ask the questions they did. So it is, it's a bit of a messy one. And our fifth story, Pete Davidson and Chase Sway Wonders break up after less than a year of dating. That is from page six. Just a quick one to finish off that Pete Davidson is single again. Guys, I didn't realise he was with Chase for nine months, which is the same length of time that he was with Kim Kardashian. Wow. Yeah. What a fever dream that was looking back on it. Because uh, I haven't heard much about him and Chase. No, I think he's really gone to ground in the last year or so after being so kind of hyper publicized when he was dating a literal Kardashian. They have called it quits after less than a year of dating, as you say, Zara. That was confirmed to page six late last week. These two reportedly started dating in December last year. But what you found in your research that I I find intriguing is that they did meet on the set of Bodies, 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 their film together. That was filmed in 2021 and he was with Kim by the end of that year. So he knew Chase the entire time he knew Kim, broke up with Kim, got with Chase. It's just the kind of timelines that I always find (laughs) intriguing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a classic case of like the person they tell you not to worry about. (laughs) Always. No, not necessarily in this case. Always, but not here. I don't know. But, but, you know, they they clearly were working together for a very long time. Then he had that super, super public relationship with Kim for nine months. Mm. They broke up a couple of months later. He was with Chase. They were together for nine months. Now they've broken up. Should be noted two months ago, Page Six did report that Pete Davidson had checked himself into rehab after Mm. struggling with borderline personality disorder and PTSD. He hasn't spoken about that. Um, But, look, I, I definitely feel like he is not as public as he was maybe last year. And he's probably trying to look after himself a little bit outside the limelight. Yeah, 100%. I did see some reports floating around on social media that him and Sofia Vergara would be an interesting pairing. And that is so random. I kind of agree. Pete Davidson and Sofia Vergara. What, it, I thought you were going to yeah. say Sofia Bush. Sure. That's <laughs> what would we prefer? The Sofias. Um, I like the idea of Sofia Vergara dating pa- I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I, think it'd be a bit of fun. I don't <laughs> mind it. Guys, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. Big thank you to our audio editor, Annabelle Lee, to my Annabelle right. Lee. Thank, Annabelle you. thank you. <laughs> if you guys want to support the show, 
We'll be um, on Instagram at Shameless Podcast, on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. If Come you, follow us. If you want more audio packages by yours truly, <laughs> wonderful let stuff. me know because I can bring them back. <laughs> oh my God. Well, only bring them back if they're up to that caliber. <laughs> it was amazing. Guys, we will be back in your ears on Monday. These gals have got some flights to catch and some recordings to do. And uh, we'll speak soon. And we love Zara McDonald. Oh, love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.